All right. Welcome to Newsmax Daily for Tuesday, September 12th, 2023, the 255th day of the year. And for the record, there are still 11 days of summer officially left on the calendar, although it is starting to feel a lot like fall. Today is National Policewoman Day. It's believed that the first female police officer in the United States was a woman named Marie Owens, who joined the Chicago Police Department all the way back in 1891. That would be a good trivia question because I don't think anybody would think it was nearly that long ago. That was almost 30 years before women even had the right to vote in the United States. A big shout out to all the police women and men on the job today and every day. Thank you for being you. Today is also gym day, meant to encourage you to take better care of yourself by becoming more active and making going to the gym a part of your routine, and we all know how difficult that is. And on the food calendar, today is National Chocolate Milkshake Day. You don't have to tell me twice. And if you do go to the gym on a regular basis, then why not treat yourself to a chocolate milkshake today in celebration of both of those events, Gym Day and Chocolate Milkshake Day. Huge news in sports, as you probably know by now. There is no escaping this today. It's on every news platform everywhere. Everybody's talking about it after months and months of hype surrounding Aaron Rodgers' move to the New York Jets and so much anticipation by Jets fans, Rodgers was injured on the first drive of last night's Monday night football game in New York, where emotions were running very, very high after a 9-11 tribute ceremony and an amazing national anthem performance at MetLife Stadium. Then... Rodgers comes out, I think he threw a pass, uh, had a handoff maybe, three, four plays into the game, and he's injured. Carted off the field, possibly an ankle, possibly an Achilles, uh, which would be really bad news. We'll learn a lot more today about Rodgers' injury and how much time he is expected to miss. But after going from an incredible high to an incredible low, the Jets staged an amazing comeback to beat the Buffalo Bills in overtime and just blow the lid off the place. I mean, a high like the Jets haven't seen in a while. As I said yesterday, uh, I was in New York for the weekend. I didn't go to the game last night, but I did go to the Aerosmith concert. Unfortunately, they have some bad news today as well. Steven Tyler apparently had a vocal cord injury on Saturday night. They have now postponed several shows. I can tell you it was a fantastic show, and Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, the rest of the band, they put it all out there, especially given their age. And if you live in New York, the new UBS arena, by the way, is phenomenal. But it is also ridiculously expensive, but I guess you would expect that in New York. Monday, New York and the rest of the nation marked the 22nd anniversary of the 9-11 terror attacks. Of course, still a very ominous feeling in New York, uh, as I imagine it is at the Pentagon and in Pennsylvania as well. Those terrorists hated America. They hated our Constitution and the values that bind us together as a nation. They hated freedom and democracy and the idea that we are all equal. That's General Milley, Joint Chiefs of Staff, speaking at the Pentagon. And as we discussed yesterday, President Biden was highly criticized for speaking in Alaska on his way back from Vietnam and not appearing at any one of the three places that the attacks actually occurred. Today, he's being criticized for what he said in Alaska. Browns are in New York. 
And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating. You guessed it. He was not at Ground Zero the day after 9-11 or on the 13th or on the 14th or on the 15th. He actually went to Ground Zero nine days after the September 11th attack. Vice President Harris did attend the annual ceremony at Ground Zero, as did Florida Governor and presidential candidate Ron DeSantis and many others, including Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who was in studio with Rob Schmidt last night. Does it marginalize it for the president to not attend one of these ceremonies? I mean, it, you're talking about it, we need to remember, and a lot of people you know, th that are younger don't recall. I, I think when he doesn't even bother to show up for one of these events, I think that marginalizes it, and I don't understand why any president would make that calculation. Look, I, I think it's a mistake. I think yeah. the president has, has an obligation to tell yeah. the American people what it was about to bring them together, but remember, Joe Biden, this is the same president who in recent weeks uh, sent letters to the 9-11 families saying that he was considering taking the death penalty off the table for Khalid Sheikh Mohammed right. and, and the other planners of 9-11, which was horrific. I spoke out loudly against it. Millions of Americans were horrified and, and thankfully the outcry was great enough that it appears they backed away from that plan. Right. Right. But uh, look, when it comes to this administration, and foreign policy, they put politics ahead of everything. And so this administration doesn't want to talk about 9-11. They want to put 9-11 behind them. Look, the reason yeah. I think they wanted to give a plea deal to Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the mastermind of 9-11, is they wanted to announce we've emptied Gitmo by September 11th. It was purely a political objective. Rather than having respect for the families of the 2,997 people yeah. who were murdered that day. And we've already seen their political calculation come into play with the Afghanistan pullout. Yeah. They made the same mistake exactly. there. They, they do things based on politics, not the right decision, and they pay a price for it, and now they're going to pay the price again. I just don't understand. I, I don't understand how you make these decisions. Rob Schmidt tonight with Senator Ted Cruz. More from former acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker. September 11th every year, I think, reminds all Americans of not only what happened um, and how we are a different country from 22 years ago, but it also, you know, reminds us of where we were and, and how we all responded. And I think for many of us, uh, it, it, it was a uh, moment of patriotism, of, you know, really a time in our life where the United States came together. Uh, and really, as all parties uh, dropped their differences and understood that this was a, a brave new world that we had to address. And, and so, you know, I, obviously, all the individuals we lost on that day and all those that are still uh, to the point earlier that are, are perishing because of the legacy diseases uh, from ground zero, I think all those things um, are so important. And, and the president obviously has to do a few things correctly. And I and this is where, I, you know, I just don't understand him, his decision, those around him to not put him at one of these sites uh, to commemorate, you know, what happened on September 11th. And again, to, to rally the country to a common cause, to fight, you know, global terrorism, to make sure that the United States is the shining city on the hill. And I was very concerned when they tried to message uh, his uh, not appearing at one of these sites today as uh, that we needed to move on or somehow treat it more like, I guess, Pearl Harbor, which was an entirely different situation um, than what happened here. And so, 
you know, I say all that to just, you know, again, have a heartfelt remembrance. I'm never going to forget. I know you and others, uh, you know, we love this country and we're not going to forget what happened on September 11th. And we're going to ensure that it never happens again. Absolutely. Well said. That's Bianca De La Garza, host of Newsline, who also spoke with former New York City Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick, who was the police commissioner back on 9-11 of 2001. Bernie, it's always great to see you. Today, obviously, is one that is full with emotion. I'd like to get your thoughts uh, as we just started a few minutes ago talking about the president deciding to be in Alaska, uh, coupled with what you just heard from Rick, the never forget, you know, sentiment here as a new generation didn't get didn't live through this, didn't see what you saw that day. And the fact that uh, the tributes are happening and President Biden is nowhere to be found. You know, this is one day that, um, you know, we've tried to make a habit out of not being political, but I, I'm going to I'm going to jump off that for a second because I went to Ground Zero this morning with Mayor Giuliani. Uh, we went to the initial uh, stage of the ceremony and, and I'm going to tell you something, Bianca, I was appalled mm-hmm. um, by the people that were down there. And the reason I say that uh, AOC, uh, Ocasio, uh, Congresswoman Ocasio was there. Mm-hmm. This is a woman that called, has continually called for defunding the police. She's anti-police. She's, uh, you know, a socialist, uh, a borderline Marxist. She was standing in in the group of, of political figures down there, and I thought, how sickening is it that she's even here? Um, what is she doing here? Um, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, was there, which to me was the most sickening um, part of the morning. This is a guy that's created a bigger threat to this country than we faced on September 10, 2001, by, com- by completely, intentionally, and willfully opening the U.S. borders. Um, you know, the threats that we face today are far worse. These are the people that was in the line of, of political figures down there today. Most of them, 95% of them, were nowhere around New York City on September 11th. They have no conception of what we went through on that day, um, other than what they've, they've seen in reports or read in newspapers. I'm glad you pointed that out, Bernie, because you're right. And maybe that's why the president is not there. I mean, we know right now the prosecutors are considering plea deals for Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and other suspects in the 9-11 terror attacks. Uh, I mean, the families there, you know, just get notified to this, you know, a year and a half ago. That's where we are as a nation 22 years later. Newsmax host Bianca De La Garza with former New York City Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick on Newsline. That's weekday afternoons at noon Eastern. So last week I told you the president decided, at least for now, not to sign the plea agreement for the five terrorists being held at Guantanamo Bay. Now we learn the Biden administration has struck a deal with Iran to swap prisoners and release $6 billion in frozen Iranian funds. According to multiple reports, Iran will release five American citizens that were detained in Iran. The United States will release five Iranian citizens being held in the United States. According to the Associated Press, Secretary of State Antony Blinken actually signed off on the deal last week. 
but Congress was not notified until yesterday, Monday, on the anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. You just can't make the stuff up. In case you didn't know, the United States classifies Iran as a state sponsor of terrorism. Iran allegedly is supplying Russia with the drones that they're using to attack Ukraine, among other things. Under the deal, Iran can only use the $6 billion, which is money that came from them, from sanctions. But supposedly, they can only use it for humanitarian purposes. Okay, who's going to oversee that, right? Who is going to be the watchdog of where and how Iran spends the money? For more on Iran, here's Newsmax Israel correspondent Daniel Cohen from Jerusalem. A top Israeli military intelligence official I spoke to is issuing a warning not to underestimate al-Qaeda or ISIS. He believes the threat to the U.S. and the West is shifting from Sunni extremists to Shiite radicals, all led by Iran. FBI Director Christopher Wray on Thursday connecting the dots. The Iranian regime is showing a level of brazenness and aggression. Radical Islamic terror groups like al-Qaeda and ISIS appear still determined to lead the global jihadist movement with the support of the world's number one state sponsor of terror, Iran. In the last couple of years alone, we've had Iranian actors conduct a cyber attack on a children's hospital in New England, try to assassinate the former U.S. national security advisor in the United States. Though it's been more than two decades since the devastating 9-11 attacks, some fear America's greatest enemy may be complacency. Here's retired Israeli Brigadier General and one of the world's leading military intelligence experts, Yossi Cooperwasser, from the Israel Defense Security Forum. We see what's happening with Iran. We are so close to uh, an extreme country, extreme radical, just on the, on the cusp of having a nuclear weapon in its disposal. Nobody does anything about that. Cooperwasser says al-Qaeda dreamed decades ago of obtaining unconventional weapons that are far more destructive than commercial planes. Today, Iran is much better equipped with greater capabilities. The Islamic Republic has enriched uranium to near weapons grade while defying U.N. nuclear inspectors. Cooperwasser says the Iranians see weakness. This administration has never put a credible military threat on the table. And according to Cooperwasser, Iran believes President Biden never will. I'm not against negotiating, but it should be done when you carry a big stick. The Americans are very shy on mentioning the stick. The stick is there. They have the capability. And without uh, making the impression that you might actually use the stick, it's very difficult to uh, convince uh, people like the Iranians to change their attitude. On October 18th, a little over a month from now, Many restrictions against Iran will expire unless the government moves quickly to renew them. Billions of dollars in frozen funds could be released, bankrolling terror around the world, especially toward Israel, whose leaders say they're prepared to act without the United States to stop Iran if they must. Well, isn't that comforting? Newsmax correspondent Daniel Cohen in Jerusalem. Mercedes Schlapp, a member of the Right Squad with Chris Plant weeknights at 10 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax, was working in the George W. Bush administration at the time of the 9-11 terror attacks. 
Mercy, I know you were, you were, I know where you were. Yeah, I was working in the White House. My husband was there, too. We, we weren't married at the time. We were both working for President George W. Bush. Secret Service comes running down the old executive office building saying, you need to run out. The plane is coming. We had to f run out of the White House. We went into two separate locations. Matt went looking for me everywhere. And at that point, he said, life is too short. And he's like, we need to get married. And we got engaged <laughs> wow. in December, and we got married in July. That and was great. we'll never forget the heroes. We'll never forget those families that came to visit the White House. Wonderful. And uh, we'll, we'll teach our children and the next generations that that yeah. was a moment when America came Hopefully. together. Somebody will, yeah, somebody will have to. And President Trump released this message in a video yesterday. No one who lived through the horror of the September 11th terrorist attacks can ever forget the agony and the anguish of that terrible day. It was a terrible day. The images of dark plumes of smoke billowing over lower Manhattan, the Pentagon, and a field of Pennsylvania, such a beautiful field, are seared into our minds forever. We will never forget. If you missed yesterday's Newsmax Daily, Lydia Serrani had a segment featuring Donald Trump on September 11th, 2001, what he said then, what he did in the days following the attack as a New York City businessman, then real estate developer, along with then New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Here's what people in New York told Newsmax yesterday. I was home, I was like 13 years old, just happened to be watching TV, and the towers flashed across the screen. The first tower was already smoking, it was already hit, and at that moment, I just realized that things can get really bad and really scary really fast. How precious life is, how it can be taken away in a heartbeat. I mean, many people lost their lives over there, and people were jumping off the building, and if you were anywhere near and saw that, it's heartbreaking to see that. You know what I mean? So you don't know. You don't know if we're going to have another attack or whatever, but just... Life is precious. It can be taken away tomorrow. Well, I mean, when I was a kid, it was always the, the Twin Towers. I never heard it called the World Trade Center until 9-11. It was always, growing up in New York, it was always the Twin Towers. Never forget, right? Well, I mean, it didn't take us long to do that. You believe in something or you don't, and, and people don't believe in it no more. You know, there were a lot of people that were directly impacted from all over the United States. And, you know, they're still living with the consequences of what happened in 9-11. I do feel like we've lost a little bit of the patriotism that we felt directly after 9-11. Mostly, I think, because politics, everybody's very divided. And so I think that even though we said we would never forget, I think sometimes we do. You know, every day you gotta just uh, appreciate America, the freedom that we have, uh, thank the military, or even though we have our issues, America is still a great place to live and be free. We're the United States of America, you know, and so it's just something that we take pride in. I recall the week after everyone was nice. Everyone thought the end of the world was here and it was a different attitude in people's minds. We all worked together, everyone was courteous and nice. We have to get back together. There can't be no division. You know, it's just Republicans, Democrats, whatever. Get on board and do right for the people. Some powerful and inspirational words from some who witnessed what happened in New York firsthand 22 
years ago. President Biden arrived back at the White House just after midnight last night, received his daily briefing this morning, but has nothing else on the calendar for the day, as you would imagine. The House is back in session on Capitol Hill following the Senate's return last week. I'm sure we'll have updates to the budget the Oversight Committee's investigation of the Bidens, and hopefully much more throughout the coming week. Don't forget, Newsmax is available on most major cable systems, AT&T, Comcast, Cox, Spectrum, Xfinity, and others, as well as your favorite platforms like Amazon, Apple TV, Roku, Zumo, and more. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for listening to Newsmax Daily. Again, if you missed yesterday's September 11th edition, I encourage you to go back and give it a listen. Not only that segment with Lydia Serrani on President Trump, but also a great interview, compelling interview with a 9-11 survivor. And in the meantime, keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.